Welcome to my bed and welcome to this bedtime show where it's my job to help you find calm and relax and share some ideas. And today I want to mostly talk about masculinity, about being a man. What does it mean to be a man nowadays? And a patron messaged me and gave me the idea to talk about this topic. And as I'm very interested in it and reading a lot about it, I thought, why not give it a try? And I want to say, I don't claim that I'm an authority on this. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. However, I do read a lot about it and I think it's very interesting. So maybe I have something interesting to say. And also, obviously I could talk for days about this. It's a very, very broad topic. So I thought I would select the parts that I find most interesting and relevant and where I can find most substance. And also maybe as a disclaimer, some of the things I'm going to talk about might be a bit uncomfortable, not safe for work, not really that much though, but also, yeah, a bit controversial maybe. Uh, I don't do this on purpose for shock value, but just before, because I think it's important to talk about some taboo things as well. I think it's more interesting for me as well to go a bit deeper. So yeah, if you're down for it, I would say, let's start. All right, just so I don't lose where I'm going completely, I thought I would structure this a bit. I wanted to first talk about the status quo of where we stand and where we see men and what the problems are as far as I see them and perceive them. And second of all, talk about specific areas that are especially relevant and painful to modern men, I feel, namely dating, relationships as a whole, careers and work. And then finally, I want to talk about some healthy, what to me healthy masculinity could look like, what some role models of mine are and maybe give some kind of semblance of a recommendation of how this could be done, how being a man could be done and how we can improve as men because it's definitely the case, I think. All right, I would say, let's start off with the status quo. Where do we stand nowadays? I feel that maybe starting with a sentiment that I perceive men as a whole don't really have the best PR nowadays. If you think of a man nowadays, you rarely think of like the wise man, the classy gentleman, the intelligent genius, or let's say the gentle boss of the family, the patriarch, the leader of a village, the king, the benevolent king. This seems to be an image of men of like fantasy books or the past and it's rarely being represented in the media and real life and maybe that's a good thing too. It also feels like men most commonly nowadays in advertisements and the media and films are being portrayed in a ridiculous caricature way of like the super insensitive, annoying, obnoxious family man let's say Peter Griffin, a family guy, let's say the guy from American Dad, the father, um, Stan, I think, 
um, Randy from South Park. I know these are uh, like comics and also Homer Simpson, but then also maybe Joe Costanza or something in, in um, Seinfeld. Uh, I don't watch that much of this, but it seems that, um, yeah, also American Beauty or something, so many men are portrayed as these screwed up psychos or losers or failures and it's a bit unfortunate i feel opposed to that it seems that at least in hollywood women are portrayed as these perfect angelic beings and i think historically also we've projected a lot of positive attributes being kind being loving being gentle being smart and tough onto women rightfully so i would say but um, it seems to be a lot of characters are the Wonder Woman type, like the Mary Sue type, or just to take one example, like the Ghostbusters remake with an all-female cast. First of all, I think it's kind of strange that we feel like we have to redo it with just women, this iconic film. But then also all the women there portrayed there are not only super kick-ass and tough, and can beat up everybody, but also are super smart and almost perfect without a flaw. And maybe that's because they're written by men, I'm not sure, but the contrast seems to be quite stark. It feels like if we think about men, there are like four archetypes that come to mind, which are a bit cliche and oversimplified, of course, and generalized, but there is the patriarch, asshole, powerful, man like the donald trump type totally insensitive uh, screwing up everybody cutthroat machiavellian then there is the evil dangerous type like the serial killer the threat the harasser the predator then there is the total failure fuck up type like the homeless screwed up loser artist who doesn't get a grip on his life and then i guess there's the normal boring worker bee guy that women settle for and it seems to be quite rare to really see men as like role models gentle wise men who incorporate a lot of the positive virtues and attributes that we as men kind of long for I mean, there are the superhero movies, which kind of have some of that, but it's kind of a grotesque caricature almost, it feels like to me. And yeah, I think I'm going to talk about role models a bit later. But I think a big part of our problems as men, but also our frustration with men, comes from our fathers and our relationships to our fathers, which I don't want to delve too deep into, but most of, let's say, Generation X, even Generation Y and Z, our fathers were oftentimes absent, emotionally or completely absent, because we were raised by single mothers. Or if they weren't absent, we kind of wish they were absent because they were abusive or just we couldn't relate to them. Um, seeing our fathers as positive role models i think that's very rare i would say that's the minority of men right seeing fathers interested in your hobbies trying to start like a, an emotional conversation with you uh, encouraging you to open up 
all that really rarely happened and usually we saw the father as the one who disturbed like the peace and the harmony as the in the family like maybe the guy who brought home the bread but other than that not really that much there and i think this is why a lot of men even now writing movies are a bit frustrated with these fathers but also were kind of screwed up by these fathers and i have no doubt that the boomer fathers that we have had in turn pretty effed up fathers themselves i mean those were the really traditional fathers who grew up in still the 1800s sometimes many of them went to wars and probably still hit their children and so on so i guess in some way we can be grateful for our our pretty absent fathers but still it would be nice to have a bit more there right and also it's pretty obvious studying these things that fathers play a very important role in how you develop how your mental health turns out how you're able to navigate life especially if you're a male and males from single mothers being raised by single mothers without a father have so many more problems later on in life beat incarceration, drug use, mental health, everything kind of gets worse. So that's very unfortunate, obviously. I think the archetypes I just mentioned, or this kind of cliche image of the weird, screwed up man, there is some truth to it. And I want to also say this initially, I think it's very good that there is feminism. Uh, I think this was very important and I'm very glad that women got liberated and they have the freedoms they have now to choose more in many parts of the world how they want to live and if they want to start a family or if they want to have a career or not. I think that's beautiful. And also I think there is some truth to the sentiment that toxic masculinity does exist to some extent and the patriarchy did exist and maybe still does exist in many parts and that it's not only harm harmful to women but that it's also very harmful to men or that it can be very harmful to men because this view of the patriarchy and the man has to be like the boss of the family and the tough guy is very damaging to men as well who don't want to comply to this. It kind of restricts men in a very narrow corridor of allowed behaviors, allowed emotions, allowed ways of living, and I think that's very damaging and toxic. So I think it's good that we are able to liberate ourselves from this. But then again, the question remains, are we really liberated from it already, or is it kind of still remaining in many parts? And I'm going to talk about this later as well. And yeah, I gotta say, I can fully understand if women say, what the hell is wrong with men? Because just looking objectively at what's going on, who's committing most of the violent crime, also against other men, of course, but who does it? It's men, right? What about the crazy CEOs who exploit the world and become billionaires, but destroy our environment and exploit people? It's mostly men. Most crazy dictators and warlords, men, rapists, men mostly. Um, obviously there's also the other way around. I don't want to just say that doesn't exist, but uh, there are so many men who just go crazy and um, lash out 
so much drug abuse, the homelessness problem. It's insane if you look at the whole picture and then you think, what the hell is wrong with men? Uh, and I can fully empathize with women saying, hey, I kind of, I'm kind of tired of men entirely and we have to change men as they are. But then I, I think also feminism, it might go a bit too far if you say uh, it in a generalized fashion, like all men are trash or I don't know, just moving the goalpost with everything that is toxic and harassment, like just looking at a woman is harassment or how are you even supposed to talk to a woman if everything is forbidden and rape? Just talking to a woman apparently. So I think it's great that we talk about these things and uh, it's very legitimate. At the same time, I also feel like the pendulum might be swinging a bit too far into the one direction in certain small niches, I guess, of the world. But in general, I still think we have a long way to go when it comes to female rights. But I think we still have to look at male uh, rights too, I guess, or male health and mental health and well-being, because I feel that this is being overlooked, unfortunately, in many parts of the mainstream discourse and the funding. And it's unfortunate, I think. And also you can't forget that I just listed only evil rapists and evil CEOs and the aggressive men, but there's also this much bigger part of the male population which isn't evil and aggressive in any way, but just is failing by all objective standards, like those depressed men, all those drug addicts, all those millions of homeless people. Uh, a lot of them are male, the majority of them are male, right? How many men in all of the world, let's say in Russia or something, drink themselves to their grave, their early grave? How many men just work themselves to an early death because they feel, have a heart failure or something, too much stress? How many men are very emotional but have to, um, yeah, kind of burrow it into drug abuse and they don't get much help, right? There's so many men who kind of seem to be forgotten by society and we don't want to really look at them. We don't want to really look under the rug of all the males who just are unloved, undesired, kind of failing by our Western objective standards. And they don't really seem to have a lobby, like who's really caring for them? Who's really speaking up for them? Not that much people, right? And even though I know very well that it's not a nice topic, I think you do have to look at suicides as well. And if you look at the world as a whole, uh, and most societies, you see men are three to four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Women try it more often, apparently, but men are just more effective at it, it seems. And that's very sad and I think it reflects on a lack of coping mechanisms that are healthy, a lack of social support systems, a lack of institutional support, which I think is very unfortunate, but it's very real as well. And you can't just deny that. And also, if you look at it from a pure career perspective and economic perspective, 
it's obvious that men are falling behind as well. There's so many men who just drop out of school and college. I think now more women graduate college than men. And in so many companies, even the traditional career paths, there seem to be more and more men dropping out and kind of opting out uh, and women rising to the top more and more, which is a good thing. But then again, what about those men who fail and who just end up, I mean, who, I don't know, what's happening with those men? Are they able to live a happy and content life without being successful in the material sense? It's not so easy, right? And all of this is kind of contradictory to this narrative that's sometimes spouted that men are inherently toxic and uh, the patriarchy still rules everything and that there's this male privilege that men inherently have. I mean, that exists to a certain extent, sure. And I don't want to deny at all that historically men have created a world and society where they were the bosses of, of families and of corporations and organizations. And that can be a good thing, but we also have to look objectively at where do men stand now and what does the trajectory look like, because it doesn't look that good, I think. What's the reason for men being so crazy, uh, being so dangerous, being so... Uh, taking so many risks, taking so many drugs, screwing up everything, being aggressive, being so passive, opting out of society, all of these trends. What's the reason for that? It's difficult, right? I think you can pinpoint two areas, one biological and two institutional and cultural. One biological, I know the evil B word. There are countless studies showing that men are built a bit different in the sense that their IQ and also all traits basically are a bit less normal distributed. For women it's a bit more normal distributed, that means most women are pretty normal and well adjusted. For men there are higher uh, amount of men on the fringes, on both ends. There are more super high IQ men, super strong men, but also there are more super crazy men, super depressed men, super psychopath men. And that applies to every personality trait you can have. And then also there are some pretty stable differences in the genders and sexes, namely risk tolerance, for instance, or let's say just harmony orientation. Men seem to be more confrontational on average, even though I'm not at all. And um, yeah, certain other characteristics that are definitely there. I mean, it's just reality that men have on average 10 times more testosterone than women. The numbers are decreasing because of plastics and so on. But still, this testosterone does have an effect on, on many things. I mean, there's enough studies, even with women transi transitioning to males or males transitioning to women, can explain pretty well how their outlook on life has completely changed while taking hormones. And this does have a very pronounced effect. Okay, that's biological. It's very hard to change that and it's a gradual process. 
and then to institutional and cultural. I think this is where we can change some things and some injustices do exist. And there are some groups like the men's rights activists, which kind of have a bad reputation, but they do have some legitimate arguments, I would say. For instance, that the school system isn't really made for boys, that it's basically designed for compliance and obedience. Uh, most teachers are females, actually, so they don't really have somebody to relate to. Uh, there's not enough playtime, not enough movement. Also, you could talk about circumcision and how that's unfair to take an, a baby and just cut off part of their genitals, which is important for their sensation and their arousal, actually purely for cosmetic reasons and religious reasons I don't care about, to be honest. So that's unfair. It's unfair that there are more groups nowadays, it seems, and institutions that help out women. In Germany, there was a Women's Day trying to encourage women to go into STEM. There are more scholarships for women, it seems. Um, there are more mentorship programs. There are, in many parts of the civil service, let's say, but even companies, there are quotas for women, not only in politics, but even in larger companies. So um, there are many parts there where even career-wise, uh, if somebody, if you want to elevate women, you got to push down men as well, right? And sometimes it is unfair. And then if you look at uh, help for male victims of domestic violence, male rape victims, there seems to be not that much existing. There are a lot of houses dedicated to like women's shelters, but there are almost no men's shelters. Um, there's much more money going into breast cancer awareness as opposed to male prostate cancer awareness. I mean, none of my friends ever go to the doctor really, but most women I know go to the uh, women's doctor, gynecologist, like very regularly. Why do we treat men like they're disposable and like they're not worthy. And then this also kind of continues when you look at divorce law. Um, men in general, on average, that also has to do with who they pick as partners or who women pick as partners, have to pay child support and spousal support. And uh, it's very rare that the man gets the kids after a divorce. And also there are studies that show that men get higher sentences for the same crime as women. And all of these are structural things that I think should be addressed and can be addressed to make the world a better place, not only for men, but for women as well, because everybody profits if we have good, healthy, empathetic men in this world. And the cultural aspects, I guess they're harder to change and it takes a longer time. I think nowadays, as a man, you don't have to be this James Bond anymore. But still, I think the options you have as a straight male are pretty limited still. And it's very slow that, that we can make progress and that it's legitimate to maybe not have a family or not have a career as a man and have female hobbies. I think that a problem in general is that we have a hard time sympathizing with men. And there's 
studies basically showing that it's much more effective if you're an NGO, if you put a little girl on those flyers saying, hey, please give some money, instead of a little boy. If we see a little boy suffering or a man suffering, we kind of like have an easier time being okay with it than if it's a woman or a little girl suffering, right? And there are also some deeply ingrained reason for this, I think. There is such a thing as a in-group bias of women, I'm sure. It does seem to be that if a woman sees another woman getting hurt or something, or I don't know, some kind of danger, women automatically side with a woman. Or even if you don't really know what's going on, women are generally, it seems, going to side with a woman because you feel like there's a sisterhood there. But as a man, that doesn't really exist. On the contrary, it seems to be that there's some kind of schadenfreude that we kind of like to see other men suffer. Maybe it's because of this social hierarchy, this weird lobster thing, that we kind of think, hey, it's one less competitor if this guy screws up or gets beaten up here. And that's very unfortunate and it's hard to change. I think if you want to pinpoint the problem, many men feel that they don't have an inherent value. They feel that, okay, women are human beings, men are human doings. We have to, by being super beautiful or super successful as men, prove our, our value. As women, maybe just being mothers, being able to have children, having this inherent beauty and being desired for their beauty, that alone, I guess, can be seen as worthwhile and worthy. But for men, it seems that most of us feel that we don't have that inherent value. And we have some sort of shame if we are not able to prove our value in today's modern world. And that's, to a large part, I think, our problem. I think also many men feel that women are kind of indifferent to our problems. Like, uh, I think definitely when I read online and on Reddit, I see some kind of hostility and desperation about like, yeah, women don't care about us. They just want us to be useful. They don't see us as humans. And I don't say there's no truth to that. But at the same time, I feel that we men have to also take things into our own hands at some point. But yeah, a key question remains to me. If we live in a world where men are only respected as human beings, if they are useful, what if there is no way for them to be useful? What if they don't find a way to prove their worth? All right, now that we talked about the status quo a bit too long, I guess, I want to talk about dating, which I think is a very fascinating topic. And I gotta say, I'm kind of out of the loop and out of the market because I've been in a committed relationship for seven years. But still, I can very much empathize with people who are struggling now with the dating market and the online dating because I'm reading a lot. I'm talking to a lot of friends who have struggles dating. And this is why I do empathize a lot with men who struggle with dating. Of course, women have their struggles too, but now I want to kind of focus on men. I think we men in modern times were kind of in a weird situation. 
on the one hand, we're still measured by how successful we are as men sexually. Like if you don't have sex by this age, you're a loser. If you don't get some women, you're kind of a loser. And the insult of incel gets thrown around quite a bit, even by women. And if somebody is kind of a man is kind of acting up, you generally would say he's a virgin, he must be a virgin or a loser or something, which is, is kind of a weird insult, right? So in a way, a lot of men still derive their self-worth from how successful they are with women. So kind of like the ideal is being kind of like a James Bond womanizer. On the other hand, we get this message that we shouldn't be approaching women. We're the predators, we're dangerous. We should be restraining that masculinity, that active energy. We shouldn't be just approaching women in a bar or in a shop. We, that's actually abuse and that's kind of like microaggressions or whatever. We don't want to really see the expression of male sexuality. We kind of want to push it down. And this is why I feel a lot of men are very confused nowadays how to go about dating because it's a very important part of our lives, right? Because I'm not talking about casual dating so much, but also the relationships and starting a family. How is that even supposed to work in today's day and age with Corona and lockdowns? Because on the one hand, we're being told that we're these predators, like in the Gillette commercial famously, don't walk after that woman. At the same time, it seems that a lot of women still expect us to be pretty traditional and that we're stoic and that we're confident in the way we look. And uh, there seems to be on the surface, this narrative that we can be androgynous and emotional and kind of dress however we want. But is this really the type of man that a woman is going to choose? I have my doubts. It's, it's not really obvious to me that this is true. I know this is going to be a bit controversial and dangerous, but I gotta say, I do have empathy with those young men who do struggle with dating nowadays. And I do see that it is difficult for certain types of men, let's say short men, ethnic men, men who are not that confident, introverted men, I do definitely see that it's harder for them. It can be hard for women too, but I'm talking about men here. And especially since nowadays, dating has mainly moved to online dating. This has become exacerbated, I feel, because it has become much more superficial and winner take all. Especially in the lockdown time, how are you supposed to meet women if not for online dating, Tinder, Bumble and co, right? And I think I've read nowadays online dating is the most common way to meet and to date. It becomes clearer and clearer that the experience that men and women have with online dating is very different. For women, it's mostly, it's overwhelming. The guys are kind of weird and creepy and the guys aren't super high quality. It's what they usually say. For men, it's usually, it's super depressing. I don't get any matches. Unless you're very good looking, it seems to be the common denominator that online dating is just super, super harsh and cruel. Because if you don't believe me, you could do an experiment as at home. I didn't really do it myself, but there have been experiments done. Just make a Tinder profile with 
what you would perceive as an average male and make a Tinder profile as what you would perceive as an average woman and just see what the results are with the swipes. I would bet that in most countries in the West, you would probably get maybe 50 times more, maybe 100 times more messages and swipes uh, as a woman than as a male. And there have been some studies which I'm not 100% sure how accurate they are, but with OkCupid that basically show that women rate 80% of males on OkCupid as below average whereas males rate women pretty much with a normal distribution. Is it possible that women get so many messages and so much attention on social media that their standards kind of skyrocket? I mean, it's a very common talking point that women have become quite entitled due to all the attention they get with social and social dating and online dating because they kind of feel that if they want got a date with a Brad Pitt. Now they should always get a date with a Brad Pitt and they don't really want to settle with what they call their looks match. It's pretty interesting to read on these different subreddits. Sometimes they have their own lingo, which is like chat and incel, looks mad, looks match and forever alone and all these different words that they use, which in and of itself can obviously become a toxic echo chamber and I don't really recommend men from spending too much time there. However, it seems to be that men and women employ a different strategy when it comes to dating, which has become obvious and exacerbated with online dating. Men seem to cast a wide net, which means in real life swiping right, mostly on Tinder, saying, I'm interested, I'm interested, I'm interested, and then maybe weeding out and filtering out but women seem to be the selectors, having pretty high standards for what they're looking for in terms of looks, in terms of personality and so on. It's pretty rare that you're gonna see a man who is uh, saying on his Tinder bio, I want a woman who has this ties with this type of cup size and this type of ass and this type of career. But it's quite common for women putting this into their bio, like he has to be six foot tall, he has to make this much money and so on. So I do understand a lot of men saying, what the hell is this? I can't meet these unrealistic standards. How the hell am I ever going to find a partner if the standards are so high that I can't meet them? It feels that the dating market, like, especially the online dating market, like internet as a whole has become winner take all. That means a small minority of very good looking men kind of monopolize the market. If you look amazing, if you look like Brad Pitt or whoever is super attractive nowadays, um, you can easily date hundreds of women every year. Uh, and even the ones in the next town in the next town but this way, obviously, you're kind of crowding out the other men. You take away the dates from the other men who would maybe be actually interested in a serious relationship. And that's very unfortunate. But if you look also at the, these athletes and these rappers who have babies with 10 different women, uh, wouldn't it be better if these women would have gone for maybe a, a normal guy who is their equal and their peer and who would be 
a father in the life of the kids. I don't know, it's a very, very complex topic, obviously, and there's different sides to that, and the men are at fault as well. Why don't the men get restrained too? But I think religion was a very important factor in this, in limiting men to only one women, at least in Christianity, but also in kind of enforcing monogamy. And some men think that this would be the solution to enforce monogamy again, but I think that's very difficult to pull off nowadays. And yet, to me, it's remarkable that despite all the progress we've made, if you look at how different men and women operate in this segment, it's, it's quite striking to me. If you just look, for instance, at OnlyFans, how much money some of these women make, they make millions and millions, and how much value their just pictures of their bodies have and some attentions that they give and the kind of weird toxic relationships that form there. Or what you could also, if you still don't believe in the matrix, so to say, you could also look at how the gay community operates, look at gay clubs or gay cruises, as opposed to lesbians and how they are different. And then you should notice, t like time after time, that men and women seem to be operating very differently. Maybe it's culturally, but maybe it's deeper than that. I think where I want to get at is no matter how progressive and feminist and equal our society claims to be, this liberation doesn't really seem to exist yet for men. That means on the surface level, in mainstream media, we tell men, show your emotions. It's great to look and dress however you want. We gotta have more body positivity. Uh, you don't have to be this toxic masculine guy. But in reality then, we see those same women who write those articles and say those things with typically male guys that are look exactly like those James Bond caricatures of the superheroes. They're tall, they have a chiseled jaw, they're handsome, they're muscular, they're very self-confident, they're not nerds, right? And maybe that's the thing that's slowly changing in some parts of the world, of the Western world, but as a whole, it doesn't seem that women really apply this body positivity and this inclusiveness to men. And also as a kind of interesting side note, if you look at bisexual men and if you talk to bisexual men, they're gonna generally tell you that they have a very hard time dating women and they generally hide the fact that they're bisexual if they go on dates with women. Why? Because women are kind of grossed out by bisexual men that's the way they say it. Women are, I mean, progressive women are obviously going to say, no, it's just that I don't want to share my man and so on. But um, even if in the past you, let's say, had an affair with a man as a man, it's going to kind of lower your market value when it comes to women. And I think there are more de deeply rooted reasons for that, which are kind of like a toxic masculinity propagated by women. I think women are 
on a visual level still kind of turned off by men kissing other men, men being caring with other men, and then also to go a bit more deep, and that's NSFW, men being the bottom, uh, the idea of a man being the bottom and then being this traditional man to, to woman seems to be very off-putting. And so maybe just as a challenge to progressive woman, would you be open to dating a bisexual man? And could it be that a big part of this toxic masculinity that you lament so much is propagated by you? Because you do not accept anything when it comes to human behavior or male behavior that goes out of this box of uh, personality and attractiveness. Because looking at the behavior on the dating market and online dating, it seems to be men have a bit of a wider, or actually maybe a significantly have a wider acceptance of different body types, of different personality types. As a man, it seems to be quite rare to dismiss a woman because she doesn't have a super great career or because she isn't super funny. And also, and this is a bit against the prejudice, talking to my friends, it's quite rare that they say uh, she does have to have this kind of cup size or she has to be blonde or something that's quite rare. So I think we seem to be quite tolerant as men. We just want to have somebody who loves us and that we find kind of attractive. Is the same true for women? I think there's the intuition that this is not true, that women actually have a narrower window of what they find attractive in men in terms of height and what their face looks like and even race maybe, and a narrower window in terms of personality traits. They have to be confident, self-confident, they have to be funny, they have to be happy, they have to be um, have a good career, Nobody really wants a depressed guy. Nobody wants a guy who is effeminate. Nobody wants a guy who is kind of bisexual, right? I mean, some women do, right? But the way I said it now was a bit, I guess, populistic. Uh, at the same time, I think there might be some truth to that. And I do understand some men being a bit bitter in this regard. So I guess, what's the solution? If I had a son, a teenage son, I think the first thing I would tell him is, first of all, don't believe that you're not worthy if you are not successful with women. Uh, try, I know it's hard, but try to emancipate yourself from this crazy idea that you're not a real man if you don't sleep with women. That's nonsense. And also, you should be able to be confident in who you are and in your own skin and develop your own hobbies, your own friendships, your own work that you enjoy. And then later on, you can think about women. And honestly, I wouldn't even think about dating seriously so much up until your late 20s, maybe, but I don't know, I'm not sure. But then also, if you want to find love, you got to get out there and look for the look at the right places maybe not look at the bars and the clubs effectively it still is a numbers game you have to create situations where you can meet women in your life
And then also what I would tell them is, don't look for the hardest woman or the craziest woman. Look for one that really genuinely is into you. That's the prime indicator. Look for one who really seems to love you and not one that loves like a caricature of you, not one that expects you to pay for everything or one that expects you to be always super self-confident, but one who really you feel like loves you the way you are. I know that sounds super cliche, but maybe that woman does exist. But maybe that woman doesn't exist. I don't, I don't believe there's like a lid for every pot. I think that's some blue pill, as they call it. And some men are better off alone. And that's okay too. But okay, this was dating. Tell me if you agree or if you don't agree. And I would say, let's go on to number two, relationships. I'm trying to keep this a bit shorter, but I think it's obvious that most men that we know, but also ourselves, it would benefit us if we had a close, tight-knit social group that supports each other. Not that many men have that, especially adult men. If you're young in high school and if you're in college, it seems to be easier. But the more you age, the harder it seems to be to keep these relationships. And these can be relationships with men, but also with women and our parents and our relatives. It seems to be usually the job of the women to keep these, the social group together which is, is not great, I think. I think a lot of men would benefit from um, having good friends. I think it's kind of unfortunate that male spaces, as they did exist back in the day, kind of eroded and were kind of banned in many places. Sports teams, which do still exist, I guess, but maybe even Boy Scouts, which now are not only Boy Scouts, or let's say back in the day, there were these gentleman clubs where men would just hang out with other men and talk and smoke cigars and play poker or something. And I think there's something to be said for these male spaces. They don't have to come back. I don't think they need to be male-only clubs. But I think there is something to be said for having certain spaces where you can talk with men because the way you talk with other men is different to the way you talk with women. Seems to be this way at least. We have a bit of a harsher humor but it seems to be that the way we relate with other men is less so with just having a phone call and most so we, we seem to be bonding over activities. So maybe over a game of golf or maybe over having a dinner. Unfortunately, I feel that it's very hard for us men to just pour our hearts out to our friends. And this is the main reason why so many men drink so much alcohol. Instead of saying, hey, want to talk about our deep problems? We say, hey, want to go to the bar and have a drink? And then after the fifth drink, we end up maybe having the courage to open up, which is kind of unfortunate, but it's just the reality. So maybe we as men can find the courage to open up without having to get super drunk. And maybe we don't even have to open up. Maybe it's just us hanging out with men and making jokes or playing a game of tennis or golf or whatever that allows us to feel that, hey, I'm okay in my social group and maybe this is actually kind of like 
chicken soup for our soul, so to say, to be with men that we like to be around, that have a good heart, and to just be ourselves. And then if we want to talk about personal stuff, we can talk about it. Sure. I think definitely we as men should take better care of our relationships because that's one of the most common regrets that dying people have. I didn't take care of my relationships and my friendships and I kind of lost them out of sight, which men seem to be not that great at and we should get better at that. I think it's quite unfortunate that we have such a hard time in uh, supporting each other and having each other's back as men. Um, is this cultural? Is this something we learned? Or is this something more deeply ingrained into us? It's hard to say, right? But what I do know is that in some rare moments uh, there might have been some MDMA involved. I do remember some very rare moments where this kind of shell uh, that surrounds my heart was gone and it felt so amazing to just be able to connect with men and to just talk to them and suddenly when these moments happen which are very rare there is like a dam is broken there's an outpouring of emotions sometimes and it seems that this these emotions we can't really put them anywhere and I think a lot of men try to put them on their wives and, and their partners, but it doesn't seem to really work. And, and we shouldn't be, I guess, using our partners as emotional tampons too much. But then again, there's something to be said about women finding this kind of unattractive for women, for men to be too emotional. So I think we as men have to learn to get rid of these shells out of, uh, that surround our hearts this armor that surrounds our hearts and, and I think it's very hard and I don't exactly know how to do it and maybe it's too late almost and we're too screwed up for that but I do remember a few rare moments where this has gone and maybe it's really necessary to take uh, uh, I don't know mushrooms or something to get to that place where you don't see that barrier because usually when you try to open up to other men it's kind of awkward it's kind of like shameful i shouldn't be doing that and i wonder where that comes from but it does exist and it's unfortunate and maybe this is something we should be cultivating more and i think it's kind of also rooted in that anti-gay thing that we get so bombarded with as kids and as we're as we're teenagers everything we do it's kind of like try to not appear gay I mean, just being alone with a guy and talking, that alone could be labeled as gay, which is so sad and unfortunate. And it hasn't always been this way. And I think there are cultures which are more or less um, homophobic in this way. But uh, we as men seem to be very bad at propping each other up and getting rid of these barriers. And maybe we can learn something from other men but again, I think what we need to do as men is to value our relationships more and take better care of these relationships and also finding people who have a good heart, who you can really talk to and who will listen to you. I think those men and women are quite rare, but they do exist. All right. Uh, before I talk too much, I want to talk just briefly about careers as well. 
I feel that men in the past have identified very much with their careers. If you ask the man back in the day, who are you? They would say, I'm a miller or I'm a salesman. But nowadays, as we either lose our jobs or aren't, don't have these great jobs anymore, it's hard for us to feel proud of something because we still have that feeling inside of us that we're not worth anything if we don't provide anything useful to society. What if we can't find anything where we can be of use to others? That's the critical part, right? Because with automation happening, with more and more men opting out of education and trades, what's there left for them to prove their worth? It's not obvious, right? And it's also not obvious how men can relate to women in the work, in the corporate world, right? Because it's a pretty new phenomenon that you have female peers and female bosses. And with other males, we're kind of used that it's a kind of, it's kind of competitive, but then again, we're able to drink a beer in the evening, even if it was kind of harsh. But how does it work with women? It's not so obvious, right? And then you're kind of walking on eggshells when it comes to saying something inappropriate. And it's definitely kind of tough. And I think we men have to find a way to find our self-worth outside of careers as well. If we have a career that's very fulfilling and where we have a great status, that's fine. But a lot of men don't have that, right? And there's a lot of women who are more successful than us. How can we cope with that? And I would also invite women to be a bit more open to starting relationships with men who don't have this prestigious career. Because usually women go for men that have a higher status. So it goes both ways, right? All right. Now I talked a pretty long time about what it's like to be a man and what the struggles are. And I didn't talk enough about an outlook about where we could be going, where we should be going, I think. I think the status quo is pretty clear. Men as a whole are in a bad spot, I feel. We're struggling and it seems to get worse. Dating is tough, careers are tough. We don't really have that much of a support system. We get lost in video games. We watch too much porn. We have unhealthy coping mechanisms. We do too much drugs, too much homelessness, too much suicide. It's not good. I think what's really also unfortunate is that there's not that many positive role models that you could be looking up to, right? Where is this charismatic, good-hearted leader that we can look up to? And maybe it's wrong to look at stars and celebrities because they are usually kind of narcissistic or they have some kind of inherent trauma that they even became these kinds of stars. And I don't generally see athletes as, as great role models, even though there are some good examples like Wonderboy Thompson, for instance, who I like. I gotta say, I thought for a while about possible role models and it was kind of difficult for me to find any. One that maybe came to mind is Tyler the Creator, who's kind of a rapper, R&B creator. I think his music is nice and he's kind of controversial too and he's completely different to me because he's very out there and crazy and all over the place, kind of ADHD too though. 
but I think he's just very courageous in redefining what it means to be a man because he kind of in his newest album uh, suggested that he might be at least bisexual which in the black rap community is kind of a no-go right it doesn't it's, it's, it's a taboo to be into men in this world it seems uh, showing like his videos with male models and everything I think that's just super courageous and also the music he makes is very courageous the comedy he makes the way he lives is very courageous his fashion is very courageous the way he dresses I think just unapologetically being who you want to be I think he's a great role model for that okay number two maybe would be Derek Sivers who I don't know that much about but I read his blog and he's the founder of CD Baby he was outwardly successful but especially what he did afterwards I find quite fascinating he has some interviews with Tim Ferriss too and just the way he sees the world very pragmatic but also very open to new experiences uh, he teaches himself new skills all the time he actually sold his company CD Baby and then I think he had some money but I think it's just fascinating the, the way he sees the world I think he now has a kid I think he might be living in New Zealand he just does his thing he focuses on raising his kid I think he sometimes isn't active on social media at all I think in general he's not super out there but he's sharing his ideas uh, he seems to have a great heart he seems to be very much about honesty and transparency and simplicity he doesn't love to monetize everything and for instance now I think recently he sold some books and he made like two hundred thousand three hundred thousand dollars but he basically said I don't need more money and this is why I'm gonna give all of it to charity I think that's also so courageous and awesome and just he's very intelligent I probably he has some demons too but he's able to just use them in a productive way and in a similar vein I think number three is Tim Ferriss and you might think oh he's kind of weird and he's kind of this self-optimization guy he's a marketing guy he's full of BS but I think that's wrong and one-sided he might have been that pers persona back in the day but just looking at his development from like a Silicon Valley salesman to the four-hour workweek guy and now to being somebody who went to many dark valleys uh, to being a great podcaster now and just carving his own life is very inspiring to me many things he did he did he was the first to do them right there was no for our work week guy really who was like him and also all these self experiments there was a phase that now he basically says I don't do that so much anymore I don't want to be perfect anymore I don't want to push myself so much all the time to be perfect the self-optimization there are limits to that and now it seems to be transformed into more of a self-love self-compassion and I mean his podcast has given me 
uh, have given me so many great ideas and insights and have introduced me to so many great thinkers and I'm very grateful to him and also his recent development with him opening up with childhood sexual abuse and I think this is very courageous and it also kind of shines a light on how he always pushed himself with his martial arts career with his self-optimization, with his perfectionism, and then him kind of breaking down and maybe he's still kind of in that phase. I don't know if he fully recovered from that deep, deep trauma and he was suicidal at some point too. I think somebody like that who went to difficult times too and who is a deep thinker, who has his demons, who isn't just a perfectly good-looking guy who has all the good things happening to him and just gets born rich. Uh, I think it's very relatable to me and it's the way he approaches life, carving out his own life, moving to Austin there, um, being smart about the way he designs his life but also kind of being opening about psychedelics, being at the forefront of psychedelics research, um, being very honest about his own demons. I think that's beautiful. I think that's to me a role model. Somebody who grew very much in recent years, as far as I'm concerned. He's probably not perfect, nobody is perfect, but also the empathy he shows in interviews, I think is amazing. Um, and it's kind of a new model of a man. It's not a man who is super stoic, who is perfect, but a man who is careful in his words, who is not brash and loud and obnoxious, who is empathetic, who is sensitive, who is still successful in what he does. And even though you might still think he's kind of a hack, I do have a lot of respect for him. And to me, maybe he's kind of a role model. But to be honest, I don't really think about role models all that often because I feel that I almost have to carve my own path. And this is maybe my closing statement about what it's like to be a man. I think we as men have to carve our own path. We have to be comfortable enough in our skin. I think it's good that we emancipate ourselves from this old picture of how a man has to be like stoic, patriarch, always happy, or let's say not showing any emotions ideally, super strong physically, super heterosexual, whatever, screw that stuff, okay? At the same time, we do still exist in a world that mostly is made where you're expected to be in a certain way, to behave in a certain way as a man, where the only emotion you're supposed to express as a man is anger or stoicism, or maybe making jokes, that's like the three modes. I think it's good if we change the institutions a bit in this regard and give more resources and attention to men's struggles and to men's mental health too. Uh, 
and to systemic disadvantages. But eventually I feel that we men have to solve our problems ourselves. I think this is my intuition, I don't know. Because no institution can make it that you start to love yourself. And I think this is probably a process that's going to take generations and generations to really come into fruition. But I think we can start now. I think we can start now to really give ourselves the self-worth that we're looking for externally. Because I feel that it's a rabbit hole that goes nowhere. Looking for our worth in careers, looking for our worth in love, looking for our worth in sex. It doesn't work, okay? If you look at super successful people, they usually still have that black hole inside of them. They still aren't there yet. If you look at Elon Musk or something, whatever. And I think we gotta learn to love ourselves. And this means accepting our flaws. Right now, it seems that we are very shameful about our flaws, about our physical flaws, about our personality flaws. I'm not sure why that is, but we're not really allowed to to vent about them, to say, hey, I'm kind of lonely, or hey, I feel ugly. There seems to be no real outlet for that, and that's unfortunate, and maybe we can create that. But it has to start with self-love, it seems. And that means don't be so hard on yourself. Start accepting the way you look, your personality with all your flaws, and your true nature, because I think we do have a true nature. And it's possible that your true nature is that of a James Bond, super self-confident, Chris Hemsworth kind of guy. But it's possible that it's very different, that it's your true nature is one of a sensitive, deep thinker who's introverted, who loves nature. And it's harder if you're that, right? It's harder to be a man and be introverted and sensitive, but there is a place for us and we have to start by being honest about that, accepting ourselves in this way, and then we can maybe start with helping out other men in finding and being more comfortable in their own, own skin in this way. I think it's good if we see other men more as brothers, if we see friends struggling to reaching out to them, I think this is something we should do more once we have nourished our own souls. I think it's great if we can um, tear down those barriers we build around our hearts. Maybe psychedelics can help you. Maybe therapy can help you. But I feel that for me personally, talking is not always the solution. I'm not convinced yet that just communicating is the end-all be-all because it rarely happens that if I just pour my heart out, I feel better afterwards. Maybe I, and this is why I'm not 100% convinced that therapy is for everyone, but maybe ketamine therapy or MDMA therapy or LSD therapy can help in tearing down those fortified and calcified barriers we built around our hearts so we can be open again and embrace other men 
and not see them as a threat like oh this guy could be i have to protect my fragile heterosexuality no i can just be loving and whatever if i'm scared of becoming gay that i'm that i maybe am not really heterosexual who the hell cares i talked about so many things and I did kind of go into rants again, but I would be super interested in your opinion in what being a man means to you nowadays. What I want to emphasize again is I have a lot of empathy for you if you're struggling as a man with mental health. If you feel like nobody's really listening to you, if you feel like you're never going to be loved and if you don't bring to the table what women find attractive. I think there is definitely a double standard when it comes to what women claim to find attractive, namely uh, a sensitive, lo loving guy who's not too much of a macho and who those women eventually chose as their partner. And still, I think there is hope. I think there is something to be said for not going into these echo chambers of pity and hatred and us versus them i think it's more healthy to find more uplifting stuff and it's not the same for everybody and i think those standard recommendations like just live bro or just communicate bro it's it's nonsense it's too simplistic right it's a bigger thing but if you can find ways to nourish your soul and you're going to notice what nourishes kind of your soul do more of that um, and i think most of us men we know what's good for us right but we don't do it we don't do like the self-care regimen we don't do the workout sometimes we eat crap we get super drunk we don't do what really makes us feel good and that really nourishes our soul. Why? Because I feel that still a part of us feels that we're not worth it. And this is the key part where we have to start. And I think nobody can give you that permission. You have to do that yourself. It's like the L'Oreal slogan, because you're worth it. You should eat good foods because you're worth it. You shouldn't be in a toxic relationship because you're worth it to be loved and in a healthy relationship. And it's possible that due to your circumstances or due to the cards you've been dealt, you can't have this crazy luxury life, this amazing career. You can't live like a playboy, but maybe you don't have to. Maybe it's not all it's set out to be. I think all of us can make the best of the cards we've been dealt. And I know it's confusing as a man nowadays. Should we be this macho guy? Can we even still talk to women? Uh, our sexuality is very much repressed, I feel that. Uh, we don't want to see male sexuality. We want to kind of push it away because it's kind of dangerous and scary to us, but it's there. And I feel that if some, some people and some feminists would prefer if we would just kind of castrate all men and just 
make them lose everything that makes them dangerous and unpredictable and I don't know, it's hard to say. I think we as men have to lose our toxic shame about who we are, about our sexuality, about what we look like, about our quirks, and about all the ways in that we're different to this weird male ideal that's so narrow, this dumb prison about uh, how we have to behave like. At the same time, I do see that society doesn't really value us kind of going away from this accepted set of behaviors unless you're like a crazy eccentric artist or something or if you're gay then it's kind of acceptable too uh, I think that sucks and I hope that slowly and slowly and slowly we're, become, we're becoming better men and also become, becoming better fathers that hopefully our sons will have an easier time to opening up with their friends and I think there is some hope for that Sometimes I'm a bit disillusioned that it's not going to happen, but sometimes I'm hopeful. And me being able to share this with you is, is something I enjoy as well. And probably this video is way too long already. And uh, still, I had a good time sharing my thoughts. I'd be super interested in hearing your thoughts. And if you want to hear these bedtime shows and my ideas more often, um, feel free to check out my Patreon where I have these bedtime shows on a weekly basis and also some great ASMR and unintentional ASMR recommendations and some other great bonuses which you can find there. I'm going to link it in the description. It's patreon.com slash findcalm. And thank you so much. Now I feel like I'm kind of empty because I emptied out my thoughts. There's of course a million millions of other avenues I could have gone down to but I would enjoy maybe yeah talking about them in a the future episode because this becomes too long otherwise <laughs>